Hey, hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of And Finally with me, Sam Vader, where this week, um, I mean, in fairness, I thought I was being clever in picking this topic. I was like, ah, everyone knows about this thing. Why don't I twist it a little bit? And then it turns out that, uh, yeah, the actual part that I was going to focus on, there's a reason no one ever talked about it. It's because no one knows anything. I'm uh, referring to King Tutankhamun, Pharaoh Tutankhamun, you know, the Egyptian geezer that everyone knows about. He toured around the country. I saw him, like, his sarcophagus and all the remains from his tomb when I was younger. I went to the O2 Arena in London. It was great. My idea was everyone knows about Howard Carter and the discovery of the tomb and the curse and what was found in the tomb, this, that and the other, which would probably be their own episodes later down the line anyway, uh, doing it on the tomb and Howard Carter and the discovery of it, I was like, but that can be its own episode. I'm going to be clever right now. And what I'm going to do is give Tutankhamun his own episode, but as the person himself, what he was like as a pharaoh, no one ever discusses that. And then I realised why. It's because no one really knows what he was like and what he did. Most records were destroyed by the next pharaoh. Um, so Tutankhamun is kind of forgotten about, which I suppose was why... In hindsight, it was such a big discovery when they found his tomb, because they found this pharaoh that had basically been wiped off the map for a bit. So this might end up being a bit of a shorter episode, because my really smart idea turned into a really dumb idea, but I'd committed to it by this point, so I'm going for it anyway. And then later on down the line, you'll get the far more interesting, oh, this is what Howard Carter did when he found the tomb, this was the curse, this inspired a film that I really dislike, ooh. Um... Yeah, so sorry, but this is what you're going to get today. The most interesting bit is when I get to the list of things wrong with the guy. I mean, genuinely, honestly, I've, oh, medically, inbreeding is not very good. This just shows it. But before we get onto that, and actually before we get onto the Black Lives Matter um, PSA, I'd like to say a massive thank you to everyone who has listened to at least one episode of this or continues to serially listen to episodes of this because we have now reached 1,000 lifetime listens, making us the most listened to show on the Sigil Arts Network, which is fantastic considering uh, and finally is one of the newest additions to the network, only starting in around June-ish. Uh, we've started putting it into planning and production earlier than that but I remember the first episode I think was only June maybe just a bit before June so that's in oh, I don't know how many months we're in the 11th month now so what half a year we have got to be the most listened to show on the network which is absolutely incredible I cannot thank you all enough I don't know quite how I've done it this show continues to surprise and break records and it beats itself every week and uh, I speak to the other members of Sigil, mainly King's Eyes, and I have no idea how I keep doing this, but we do, and I can't thank you enough. Clearly, you guys have as much of a passion for history as I do, which is fantastic. So thank you so much for getting us to a thousand. Here's to the next thousand, and uh, here's to King Tut. Um, and <laughs> before we get onto that, I will do the normal Black Lives Matter PSA, which is, of course, that we at Sigil do stand for Black Lives Matter. It's a very important cause that shouldn't go away anytime soon, at least not until the point gets across to the rest of the world. Because uh, people are still being oppressed, they're still suffering, they're still being killed uh, needlessly in countries around the world. 
and this is something that severely needs to stop. Racism is is not a natural thing. It's something that we've built into our society and we need to stop it. So to do things like that, you can go to www.blacklivesmatter.com where you can find out ways to either help monetarily or educate yourself and learn how to educate other people in just subtle little ways that you can maybe improve things you do or say uh, to improve the case and stop systematic racism. But you can also take to social media and use hashtags like B- hashtag BLM or hashtag Black Lives Matter to keep the conversation going, to keep it in the news, to keep it in the media and to make sure p- this is hammered home until people realise what an important cause this is and we get something done about it. But with that out of the way, we shall get on to talking about the infamous and informationless King Tut. So he was, uh, yeah, Tutankhamun as everyone most commonly knows him um he was obviously an ancient egyptian pharaoh and he was actually the last of his royal uh, bloodline um and he ruled during the end of the 18th dynasty and his rule was between 1334 bc all the way to 1325 bc so it's not very long it's a reign of nine years eight years nine years i can't do the math 11 11 years no, nine. Mm-hmm. Oh, it goes down, doesn't it? It is nine. God, I'm doing it the wrong way. I do archaeology, by the way, and I couldn't work out that it's going down. Nine years. Jesus Christ. Anyway, um, but he wasn't born as Tutankhamun, as we'll get on to in a bit. His actual birth name was uh, Tutankaten or something like that. It's really weird. It was after his dad, basically. Um... Yeah, he changed it later on, which we will get to. So there's not much on the guy. It's really weird. I th- honestly, I'm going to rant a bit now. It's really, really interesting that this pharaoh that I suppose most people would recognise the name Tutankhamun. I imagine he, it was a big thing when he was discovered back in the early 1900s. And obviously all the research that still gets done on him and his tomb. And to say, I, he toured U- the UK, essentially. Um must have been before 2010 I can't remember what year it was I remember I went with my nan to the O2 arena and it was incredible but for someone so popular we don't know much about him um like most people you know wouldn't know that he was originally Tutankhaten Tutankhaten I think that's how you say it after his dad and he changed it later on um because basically his dad uh Akhenaten basically re- changed the entire religious structure of ancient Egypt, taking it from a polytheistic uh, religion to a monotheistic and worshipping just uh, Akaten and, and the sun disk, um, which, okay, whatever. Uh, so obviously Tutankhamun was then named after his dad, uh, but then changed it later on to once again worship the church of Amun and bring back polytheism. But we'll get to that in a bit. I've jumped ahead a little bit in excitement. But yes, his father was the pharaoh Akhenaten, and uh, his father is actually believed to have been the mummy that was found in tomb KV55. Uh, if you don't know what that is, that is just the allocated tomb in the Valley of the Kings uh, that they believe is the one that uh, held or holds Akhenaten. His mother is his father's sister. Yeah, that sounds disgusting to you guys. Uh, I hope. If it doesn't, rethink your life. Um, but back in Egypt, that was that was the norm. Uh, to keep your royal bloodline, but they didn't realise that inbreeding was a problem, uh, as Tutankhamun definitely did suffer from that. 
Um, and this was identified through DNA testing as an unknown mummy referred to as the younger lady was found in a tomb KB 35. Um, but Tutankhamun was only eight or nine years old when he took the throne, so he was a very young lad. Um, a lot of power for someone that young. But he wasn't bad at the job, to be fair, as we'll get to in a bit. Uh, he did, however, marry his half-sister, Ankes Amun. These are weird names, by the way, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, Ankhes and Amun. I think that's how you say it, but I'm sorry if that's butchered. Saffron will kill me. I'm very sorry that I've butchered these Egyptian names. They're not easy to say. Yeah, they could have just called them Greg or Keith, Dave, you know, but instead it's Akenhen Samun. Tina. Um, <laughs> during their marriage, they, uh, they did have two daughters, but both of them... Uh, died the first one died within five to six months of pregnancy and the other one sort of shortly died shortly after being born after a full-term pregnancy which is a shame and obviously that is why the royal bloodline was eventually uh essentially this was the end of it um but yes his name's tutan uh, katen and tutan Kamun are thought to mean by some people uh the living the limit can't speak the living image of our ten obviously that was his father and the uh, following of Aten and the Sun Disc, and then when he changed it back, or changed it once he became Pharaoh and sort of removed the monotheistic beliefs, it then became the living image of our moon. This because obviously Pharaohs were believed to be the physical embodiments of the of the gods, and they were treated as such. So obviously he was the living embodiment of the god Amun uh, at the time. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's a bit of his nomenclature. Uh, and yeah, but this was obviously when uh, Amun sort of took over as the uh, principal god again after Aten was taken away after the death of Akhenaten and the, the bringing back of polytheism, which everyone loves. I mean, I don't know if everyone loves it. We live in a very monotheistic society, but that's fine. The idea of multiple gods is quite cool, though, isn't it? You know, you get ones with hammers and stuff. It's a different religion. I'm, I'm digressing. Anyway, yes, so when he came to power, he did restore the ancient Egyptian a religion of more polytheistic with many different gods. They've had a lot. I think they did swap a few out at times. And obviously the beliefs changed over time as well, but polytheism was very much a big part of ancient Egyptian society. As I'm sure you know, lots of the gods, you know, you've got Amut, Ra's quite a famous one, Anubis, and the list goes on, Isis, um, the list goes on, I'm not going to name all the Egyptian gods for you now, although I'm sure Saffron is sitting there counting them in her head right now, um, but yeah, so he, he brought Egypt back to what it was beforehand, um, which most Egyptians were quite fond of, and they, they enjoyed this, this change. Uh, back to how it should have been and he uh, he moved his father uh, whose remains were currently in the his father's capital of Amarna he he moved them to the Valley of the Kings and then changed the capital uh, back to Thebes uh, which was a more iconic capital of Egypt shall we say um, but yeah he as I say he was an unlucky guy um, because inbreeding and uh, some of the major ones were he um, he had like a clubbed left foot uh, with bone necrosis. Apparently he was quite flat-footed as well, which, to be fair, I can't judge anyone for being flat-footed. I, I am. Um, and he also had scoliosis, which I also have. Um, so I can relate to him on that level, but mine isn't due to inbreeding. Mine's due to, you know, being born 
multiple months earlier and not developing properly. So that one's on me. Tutankhamun is his parents' fault. Um, and it's it's believed he also contracted multiple strains of malaria. Sorry, that's a, that's a reference only UK people might get, and even then the accent was terrible. But yeah, he apparently contracted multiple strains of malaria. So he's not looking too lucky at this point in his life. Yeah, yeah, he's a pharaoh. That's fantastic. But he, you know, he's getting very Richard III sort of vibes at the moment. It's a good thing Shakespeare didn't write a play about him. Although Richard III probably didn't have all those problems. That was just propaganda. Um, but yes, he, his reign was, was for nine years, as I mentioned before. I remember that uh, now. Jeez, well, I couldn't do math. But in, in um, his reign, he did make quite a few substantial changes. And these are the only sort of things that people seem to know or remember about what he did. So he made several endowments, which is like donations and giving things, uh, that enriched and added to the priestly numbers of the cults of Amun and Ptah. Right, that is how it's pronounced. I googled it. It's, say, Tar, but you close your mouth at the start. It's Ptah. Ptah. That's Ptah. That's, that's it. I, I promise I'm not making that up. That is what, that is how you pronounce it. Saffron, if it's wrong, I'm sorry. That's what Google said, and I trust Google. Um, yeah, so he basically started bringing back the cults of these other gods and releasing the ban on, on their worship now that his father was gone. Um, and he actually commissioned new statues of deities um, in representation of polytheism. He's like, no, all the deities will be worshipped again. So he, he commanded that they use the best stones and metals in the land uh, to show their respect and maybe even appease the gods after they hadn't been worshipped for, for a whole pharaoh's reign. I'm not quite sure why he just did that. He also um, ordered the making of more processional barks, which are boats. Um, I think they're like transport vessels. Um, it's, you know, uh, <laughs> they're not just normal boats. I'm not disrespecting them. I think they're like uh, spiritual and processional sort of boats. Um, yeah, and these were to be made of the, f <laughs> the finest cedar and uh, from Lebanon. And then they were embellished with gold and silver. Um, so yeah, he, he made quite a lot of changes and I think it was a long way to appease the gods after they'd not been worshipped for so long. He went out of his way to show his devotion and the Egyptian people's devotion to them, which, you know, is respectable, you know, you can't, can't take that away from the guy. He, as I said, re renounced the god Aten and the sun disk, regulating it to obscurity and returned Egypt to polytheistic form. And it was around this time as well he added works to Luxor as well as beginning the restoration of other temples throughout Egypt that were destroyed uh, during Akhenaten's reign because where he was obviously just supporting one god, any temples to the other gods were bad. So Akhenaten destroyed them, but Tutankhamun went straight to uh, fixing this and putting them back in shape and uh, bringing back worship for all of the old gods of Egypt. Um, his father's reign did, though, actually leave uh, Egypt severely economically weak and in a bit of turmoil. And diplomatic relations were absolutely rubbish because Akhenaten just didn't do them. He, he didn't want diplomatic relations with other countries and other nations, so he ignored it. So the whole country was a shit show politically wise. Um, this was something Tutankhamun was very keen to change and restore, and he went about building all these relationships back with other countries and restoring the economy. And, Whilst we can never know how successful it was, 
it is suggested that he did very well at this because in his tomb are various gifts from other countries which suggest that these countries have built respect for the uh, the young king and uh, at his death had sort of paid tribute to him so it's mm, it, it seems that he um, did do a good job at restoring the diplomacy and uh, foreign policies of Egypt at the time. So, you know, a very young king, a very deformed king, but uh, a very successful one. And that, I, I think it's a shame that we don't get taught. Of, I know there's not much to be taught, clearly. But we don't get taught about this enough because clearly there's more than just the tomb. He did a lot as a pharaoh and it's just a shame that don't get me wrong, a lot of pharaohs did a lot, um, but he did more than I think we're told about, and that's, I think, something that does need to be changed, and that's the point of Anne, finally. That's what we're here for, telling you the stories that no one else tells you, because, well, in this case, it's abnor abnormally short, and I'm really trying to pad it out with jokes. Have you worked that bit out yet? <laughs> uh, um, but uh, also in his reign, there was a significant number of battles with the Nubians and the Asiatics. Asiatics? Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, and these were known to happen because they were recorded in the Mortuary Temple at Thebes in um, Tutankhamun's temple, that is. Um, so there's definitely evidence for this. And his tomb did actually contain body armour, folding stools appropriate for military campaigns, uh, and he was also, it contained bows, and it's known that he was trained in archery. But the big consensus is that he's he probably didn't personally take place in these battles take part take place uh, take part because um well he you know couldn't stand up straight had a dodgy leg probably wouldn't have been best for him to be in a fight um <laughs> so it's more a case he was probably one of the more stand backy military leaders he probably wanted to fight but he was probably advised against it because of uh, his physical stature and condition which is fair um but I mean, they must have won the battles because he's being celebrated for it. So, um, one thing we do know is looking at his mummy, of course, uh, he was slight of build and believed to have been about five foot six. So, that's probably around average height, if not a bit tall for back then. You've also got to consider he was young. He was, what, 18 when he died? 18, yeah, about 18. So, he's still growing because you can still technically keep growing until you're 21. You don't really fill out until then. So, he was young. Um, but five foot six is probably about average height for the time. But um, here we go. Here's a list of things he suffered from. I'm going to butcher these because I don't know what half of them are. Gynecomastia. That's where men have a condition. I know this one. Where um, it's believed that their boobs sort of grow more like women's would during puberty. So he's just got big chest. Uh, Marfan syndrome. Wilson Turner. X-linked intellectual disability syndrome frolic syndrome um yeah kleinfelter syndrome androgen insensitivity syndrome aromatase excess syndrome in conjunction with sagittal craniostosis syndrome antliblixer syndrome or one of its variants right that's a lot of big words i don't know what half of them mean and he had all of them right if this isn't a campaign poster for why inbreeding is bad i don't know what is it's i feel sorry for the guy he had to rule a country and he was dealing with all of this you know i know some others had it worse like cleopatra you know wasn't allowed to be a woman and other women pharaohs before that but that's 
That is one thing. Having every medical condition under the sun or under the ra, if we're being appropriate, you know, it's a bit unfair. <laughs> you know, he survived. Well, he didn't. Um, that's that's a lie. But <laughs> moving on, what a great segue you've got there. There are no surviving records of the circumstances of his death. Like, no one knows how he died. We know that he died young. Probably about, uh, we know when it was because his reign ended, so he was about 18 years old. But you, you, no one knows. And it's, a, it's a big debate and sort of major topic of discussion amongst uh, historians and archaeologists. How did the guy actually die? No one knows. Um, most people, the, the common consensus though, and what has been determined to be the most likely cause, is a result of um, a combination of multiple of his weakening disorders, uh, a fracture in the leg, uh, which people believe is a result of a fall, which is where the most common story if he fell off his chariot, um, they believe it's that leg fracture caused disease, um, and he, he got infected with everything else he had, and um, one of his severe malarial infections. Um, so he's really not a lucky guy, um, and yeah, he, he doesn't sound like a nice way to die, but we, we don't know if that was what killed him, but it's very likely if you look at all the facts, the diseases, the leg fracture, and malaria, yeah, okay. I mean, it's hard to cure that thing now, imagine back then. Um, but as I say, I'm not going to go much into his tomb or anything, but I will say that it is said that the initial mummification was likely carried out by someone who wasn't a good embalmer because it looks like it had to be redone and the incision points aren't very good. Um, his heart was removed, um, which is unusual because that's normally what's meant to be weighed. So we don't quite know why his heart was was removed when other things... Obviously, he meant, he meant to take the brains and stuff out, but the heart's meant to stay, as far as I know. His was removed, which is a bit weird. Um, and he was, uh, the tomb he was buried in is, was unusually small considering his status, which has led people to believe that it might have been a quick, unexpected death that people didn't see coming. Um, so they didn't have time to complete a more grand and royal tomb because of the time range, I think 70 to 90 days between dying and then getting in the tomb. They didn't have time to do that. So they most likely buried it in a tomb that was intended for someone else. Um, and we will get onto that tomb at another point in and finally and the great discovery by Howard Carter but for now that is the story of Tutankhamun himself I hope you enjoyed it and uh, thank you so much for listening and obviously before we finish up I will mention that once again the sponsor for the week is Schmurp and his brilliant commissions page linked to King's Eyes Apparel he does brilliant work for great money great graphic design Really great guy, great to talk to, and will give you the best uh, result you could ask for when it comes to commission. So please do go check him out on kingseyes.life under the commission section, and you will not be disappointed when you need uh, some sort of graphic design done for yourself. Uh, I will obviously also mention the merch store, where you can go and buy brilliant merch from your favourite creators at King's Eyes Apparel. King Styles Apparel, sorry. Uh, there's a Failure Wear collection, which is my one. Uh, you've got the Creators of King's Eyes, a Statement Collection, the uh, Clansman Unite Collection, and the Sigil Collection. And also, why not follow the show on Twitter? That's a good one. Everyone likes Twitter, except for me, it's a pain in the ass. Um, you can follow that at and finally SV. That sounds the same, Vader. Or just follow me personally at say, uh, Vader Saiyan, because Saiyan Vader was taken by some other obnoxious person who hasn't tweeted since 2013. That would be 
greatly appreciated. Um, and just, just the best way to keep up to date with the show when an episode's coming out, why an episode's not coming out, if it's not coming out, and so forth. That is a great way to keep up to date on everything going on. And once again, I know I said it at the start, but I'm going to thank you all again for a thousand lifetime listens. That is absolutely incredible. Cannot, just really can't believe it. Um, some of you just clearly like history and that's great and you like listening to me teaching you history which I don't understand but once again that's absolutely great so because you have now got us to 1000 listens I say us as if I'm not the only one who sits here talking to himself for however long I have to um because of that uh I suppose you you've earned something um I'm not going to tell you what it is you just have to uh yeah we've got something coming for you as a big thank you for 1000 listens and uh I'm just going to leave you with this See you next week, guys. No, historian's not important. This right here's a formal warning. If you dislike hearing this, you can't be a finalist. Humor that defies your thinking. There's no drugs, there's been no drinking. This right here's insanity. Spoilers are profanity. Well destructive, unproductive, fast spent being reproductive. Genghis Khan, Amberlin, surprised you are still listening. Stupid stories, we do that. And your host a talking twat. Be offended, throw a fit. But for now, welcome to Scholarship.